Morning family, uh, great to be with you again on this warm Sunday here in Walfish Bay, uh, Namibia. Uh, for all of those who are watching us um, from a different region in Namibia or outside of Namibia, we greet you as well and, and uh, we trust that you are blessed by our messages and we'd also love to hear from you. Um, yeah, just share a few thoughts, tell us uh, what our messages mean to you and what they're doing for you and where you possibly think we can improve. So, so it will be good to hear from you. But uh, otherwise, we, we are busy with the message on oneness is not sameness and I felt to continue with that this Sunday again just to highlight um, that oneness is not being the same uh, in a certain area that is. Also, I, I also spoke about misconceptions about oneness and obviously when we talk about being one we, we can sometimes feel that we must all be the same and that's a misconception and so we, we say no but I don't want to be like uh, that brother in, in church or, or I don't want to be like the pastor <coughs> excuse me and you say you don't want to be you know like the pastor but that's fine um, you, we don't all have to be the same and so when we are talking about um, oneness we are not saying that everybody is going to be the same. Uh, that's a, a misconception that, that we have. And we, we don't understand that in oneness there is diversity. Uh, there are differences. Uh, there are distinctions um, in the body of Christ. And so it's important for us to understand that. Um, also a misconception in oneness is that if I am going to if we are going for oneness, then it means I have to forsake my calling, my gifting, and my purpose, that which God has for me individually. And again, that is not what we are saying. We, we are saying that, in fact, to, to achieve oneness and the strength of oneness, we actually need you to, to be strong in your gifting, your calling, and your purpose. And in that, when you combine that into the corporate, um, God always makes that our individual purpose fits within the corporate purpose of the global church, regional church, and however. Um, it always has to fit together. So we are never called to, to function in isolation. And that's what we, we, we will see today when we, when we look at the Word and we just... Uh, take a look at what the scriptures are saying about oneness. So I wanna, <clears throat> I wanna go again to First Corinthians chapter twelve, and let's read it from verses sixteen. Verses sixteen. Um, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter one, the Bible talks about the, the the disciples being, you know, being gathered together after Jesus rose from the dead. And the Bible says that Jesus appeared and he showed himself unto them. And what I, what I, what I want to say with that is that Jesus wants to reveal himself to us, not just to me or to an individual, like where in, in the book of Exodus God appeared to Moses. 
He, in the New Testament, God doesn't just want to appear to one man. He actually wants to appear to us. And because they were busy um, moving towards this place, Jesus appeared to them. And so we need to look for a corporate appearing, a corporate manifestation of Christ to us so that Christ can be manifested through us. Right, so let's go to this 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 16. And this is the chapter where it talks about the, the gifts of the Spirit. And in verse 16 it says, If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? So if you say, okay, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a pastor, therefore I am not part of the body. Or if you say, if you say, um, I am not a, a politician, so therefore I am, I am not part of the community, you, 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 you will immediately realize that, that that can't be true because a community or a nation or a city is made up of, of, of such diverse um, callings or vocations. And so we all need to, to see that they that just because you are not what someone is does not mean you are part of the whole. And so we need to, we need to look at that and, and, just, and just think about that. Uh, let's not try to be like somebody else in this case. And when we talk about our, our individual and that there's diversities, we are, we are saying that they, we are different in our giftings, we are different in our callings, what God calls us to do individually, and our purpose individually is different. The, the mandate that God has for us, where it's different, but these things must be put together so that we can function as a whole. In verse 17 it says, If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where were the smelling? So if, if every member in the body was an eye, then it's actually saying we will have a lack in the body of Christ. One of the reasons we have a lack is because so many tr people in the body of Christ are trying to be like a few members of the body. And so therefore, um, everybody is trying to be like them. And where, what that does is it creates a huge lack within the body because for, for us to remove the lack, we actually need every member to come up in his unique calling, be skillful, be strong, be firm, be full of life, and then blend those two, to blend all these parts together, mix them together, and then in that mixing of bringing them together to join them as one unit, you will find the full expression. So don't, don't, um, don't try to be like, you know, discover yourself, discover who you are, find yourself. As you find yourself, you will come to, to just, you'll, you'll be more satisfied with yourself, more at peace with who you are. And as you discover yourself and grow in your gifting, grow in your calling, grow in who God has called you to be individually, <clears throat> and as you do that, what will happen is that, that you will be more at peace with yourself. And you will stop comparing yourself with someone else. Uh, the problem also that we have in the body is that we compare ourselves so much with others. 
that we fail to see what we have. We see so much what somebody else has and while we're looking at what they have, um, we at ourselves, we try to be like that. And in trying to be like that, you're always going to come short because you don't have that gifting that the other person has. You don't have that grace that the other person has. You've not necessarily called to do the same thing that the other person is doing. And, and in doing that, you are just kind of um, selling yourself short because you are always going to come short when you compare yourself with somebody else. Don't do that. Just discover yourself. Just try and find out who you are, um, what you have, what you have been given. And in that, when you grow in that, you will begin to enjoy uh, what you see happening uh, with yourself. And let's go to the next, next verse, verse, verse 18. But now as God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. So this verse is saying that God sets the members um, where he wants them to be, as it has pleased him. So it is you can't, and, and, and this again is a mistake that we make. We want to decide for ourselves what we want to be. God has already determined what he wants you to do, where he wants you to be, who he wants you to be with, what family you must be a part of. And that is where God wants you. To interfere with that is to create disorder, is to create confusion. There's confusion because instead of being where God wants you to be, you are trying to put yourself in a different place. God sets the members, everyone in their place, as it pleases Him. The Bible says about Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, God speaking to Jeremiah says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. That means God has already predetermined what it is that Jeremiah should do. For every person that is in the body of Christ, God has already predetermined what he wants you to do for him. And to interfere with that is to interfere with your blessing, is to interfere with your grace, is to frustrate yourself. Because whenever you operate outside of your grace configuration of how God gifted you and, and what that gift uh, is capable of doing and what it is not capable of doing, when you step outside of that grace, outside of that gift, that gift's capabilities, you frustrate yourself. And that is when we try to be some, like somebody else or try to be something that God has not called us to be. And we create unnecessary problems for ourselves, um, just unnecessary frustrations, as I said. So don't, don't interfere with what God wants you to be. The best thing you can do is, is find out what God has for you. And, and this is why when you pray, I, I've said it before, when you pray, prayer is not for you to force your will, your desire upon God. Prayer is for you to discover the desire of God for you. Prayer is for you to discover the will of God for your life. It is not for you to force your will and your desire upon Him. The more you are in alignment and in agreement with the will of God for your life, the, the easier it will go with you. 
And so when the Bible says, wherever two of you shall agree, you know, sometimes you and God also need to agree. If you and God can agree, and that basically means that you are agreeing with God's will, then you know you will have whatever you ask from the Father. You know that He will do whatever it is, whatever it is He wants you to do. And you know when you ask Him, you have the things that you ask from Him. So um, today, everybody is, is, is as, as, um, as, as my father in the faith says, you're an architect of your own future. You, you create your own future. You, you design your own beautiful picture of who you should be and where you should be and what you want to do. And it is, and it is not in agreement with what God has for you. Imagine Jeremiah saying, no, I want to be an apostle, but God created him and ordained him to be a prophet to the nations, but he's trying to be an apostle. That is confusion, frustration, that even will bring damage to him because he will confront certain things in his deception of who he is. Uh, he's deceived by thinking that he should be an apostle. And as he's in that deception, he's going to get hurt because he's going to try and do things that he's not graced to do. And that is where frustration comes. Two, two would have come to Jeremiah and even to us. So this scripture has a lot of meaning when it says God has set every, was it? now God has set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Do not interfere with God's setting for you, where God has determined for you to be. The, it, is just, it is just creating problems for you. So if you have not been called to lead, don't try to lead. Just follow. If you have, have if God has called you like Joseph to be, to be in the government, minister of the state, and so on, then, then go for it. But also understand that you have to be connected to the family at the same time. So just, just find yourself. Just find what it is that God has for you. Um, you have to understand that if you are doing things that are not related to what God has for you, uh, I can tell you that you have to take care of your own problems then. But when you are doing what God designed you to do, what is His will for your life, Whatever problems arise, your Heavenly Father has to take care of your problems because you are in His will. And so many times we, we create our own things and then when we come into problems, we want God to take care of them. But those things have nothing to do with God. So let's read on. Verses 19, it says, And if they were all one member, where were the body? So if everybody's trying to be one, where would be the full expression of the body of Christ? And so um, we, we find that to have an expression of a body, we need diversity, different members. Now, um, verses 20, but now are there many members, yet but one body? So there are now many members, but there is only one body. So, so there are, there's lots of different functions, lots of different giftings, lots of different callings, members, but there is one body, one full expression. Um, 
when you try to discern the body of Christ, when we say we must discern the body, we are not trying to uh, see whether a person is saved. And obviously, that is some, that's, that's a requirement, you know, to be the body of Christ. You have to be saved. You have to have given your life to Jesus Christ, accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, received the Holy Spirit, and so on. But it's beyond that. It is, it is discerning their gifting. It is discerning their placement in the body of Christ. It is discerning their calling. It is discerning the things that are not seen with the natural eye. So I can't, I can't just say, okay, oh, yes, yes, my brother, he's saved, he's given life. Oh, you must be the body of Christ. Remember? Yeah, that's true. But can you discern, can you discern what it is that, that, he, that he has, his gifting, his callings? Can you discern that? Or what he is called to do, his purpose? If you can't discern those things, you are not discerning the body. You're not discerning the different members of the body and their functions. And so that's where we have, that's where we also have a problem. And, and that's why sometimes oneness can't really happen the way it should. And while I'm speaking, um, I, I want you to, to ask the Holy Spirit for sight. Remember, I want you to ask for the voice in the voice. Because it's the voice in the voice, the voice of God, the breath of God, that brings the life of God and brings the light of God. And the light brings understanding and enlightenment and illuminates your sight. So in the spirit, to see, you must hear. If you can't hear the voice of God, you are not seeing what God wants you to see. And, and so in this thing of oneness, let us ask for sight. Let us ask God to open these things, meditate upon it, um, press into the Holy Spirit that he would explain these things to you. Um, so it's not just by me teaching or what I understand that you will understand it. The, the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals. The eye has not seen, ears not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But it is revealed unto us by His Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to provide you with revelation, insight, understanding to open your eyes to enlighten it so please try to try to ask the holy spirit to explain these things to you and let him explain it through the scriptures and not another way verses 21 it says here the eye cannot say unto the hand i have no need of you nor again the head to the feet i have no need of you so in in us having different uh, functions, different callings, different giftings, uh, a different a purpose individually to serve the greater purpose of the body of Christ, <clears throat> in that we, um, Paul is saying that I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. The word cannot there in the Greek means is the word dunamis. In other words, God is saying, you have no power. There has been no power given to you as an individual to say that, to say that you have no need of another brother or of no need of another gifting. And so when we are, we are in, 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 in fault, in error, when we think that we don't need somebody else, 
Because it says you cannot say that. You have not been given the power to say that. You, the, 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 the reason when we operate in isolation, isolation, we, we create divisions. When we operate as an individual firstly and not as a corporate body, that is when we create isolation. And so you have no power to say that you don't need you don't need an apostle. You have no power to say that you don't need a prophet. You have no power to say that you don't need a pastor, evangelist, or a teacher. You have no power to say that you don't need the gifts of healing. You have no power to say that you don't need words of knowledge, words of wisdom. You have no power to say that you don't need somebody with the gift of hospitality. You have no power to say that. Um, it has not been given to you to say that. And and it says also here, the, the word where it says, you have no need. To say, I have no need. That word means to say, to say I don't require you. I don't, there's no demand for you in, in my life. The only, reason, the only reason we can say something like, I do not need the body. Or I do not need uh, apostles. Or I do not need prophets. Or I do not need somebody with the gift of hospitality. Or I do not need a spiritual father. Or a spiritual father say, I do not need sons. Or something like that. The, the only reason we can say things like that is because we are deceived. We are walking in deception. And the deception is that you, that you, feel, that you feel because you are good at what you do, that, that for some reason you don't have a lack. And there's a... And there's a, there's, a, there's a misconception here. I tested it yesterday with my wife when I was sharing it with her. I said, for example, if I, if I say to you, is Christ in you, in his fullness? And then she hesitated to answer me. And I said, no, it's not a trick question. It's just a question. You know, just answer the question. And then she said, yes. So I said, yes, and that's true. Christ is in you, in his fullness. Now, we all know that Christ is in us, and if Christ is in us, we can't say there's a half Christ, little Christ, you know, big Christ, short Christ. Christ is in you. If Christ is in you, it's Christ. Christ who is the, 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 the wealth of God's glory. Christ who is the fullness of God. He dwells inside of you, in each member. Now, just that understanding makes you assume that you don't need the body. And that is where you are, and that's where you are deceived. That is your deception. Because you will see later on as I, and as I explain this, that though Christ is in his fullness to you, in his fullness he has only assigned a certain portion for you to function in and manifest. And being, being allotted a certain portion or a share in Christ, which you are allowed to express, that's why it takes many members to provide us with the full body, body of expression of Christ. Um, and that's what we need to, there's a deception. And just because Christ is in you in his fullness does not mean that you don't need somebody else. Because Christ does not allow you to, to give full expression, in the, to express him in his fullness. He does not allow that. He allows it, the full expression of Christ is in the body of Christ, right? And so when you use the word body, you're talking about full expression, full weight, full carry. Um, um, the, the, the fullness is there. But when you talk about 
um, you are the member of the body of Christ. Then he talks about how you are limited in your expression of Christ. And so if you want, if there are certain things that you want from Christ, you cannot get them from Christ directly. You have to get them through the member that brings that expression to you of Christ. And so if you are under this notion or this idea that you don't need the body, you don't need um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers, you don't need members with gifts of healings, workings of miracles, um, casting out of demons and all those. You're under such a notion, such an idea, then you are deceived um, because you have a misconception. You, you misunderstand what it means to have Christ in you. And so um, that is so important to understand. You cannot say you don't need anybody else. You have not been given the power to say that. You have not been given the power to say that. God has taken that away from you. Right? So, and, and verses 22, uh, No, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. And then verses 24, For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So verses 24 is where I want to, um, highlight a few points here. The, the Bible says here that God has tempered the body together. And this word tempered in the King James, it actually means to mix together. Um, God, God has tempered. God has tempered. God has mixed the body together. And we are not talking about a mixture of the world and and. Um, and worldliness and ungodliness. No, we are talking about taking the different members of the body and mixing them into one unit. This word tempered means to unite one thing to another. So, therefore the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, because what God wants to do is take the eye and the hand, take the nose, the nose, the ears, the mouth, all these things, and temper them together. Bring them together. Unite them together. That's what God wants to do. Uh, the word tempered also means to combine. And the word combine means to join, to form a single unit. So what is oneness? Is, a, is to function as a unit. What is oneness? It is to bring all the parts together to function as one unit. And that is oneness. Oneness is functioning corporately together to serve one purpose, but individually doing different things, but those different things are serving a corporate purpose. And we function together as a unit, right? As a unit. So God is trying to temper the body together. God is trying to join the body together. If you operate in isolation and independence, you are... You are going against what God wants to do. He wants to temper 
mix, join, combine, bring the different parts together so that he can have a body, a body expression, right? And, and that is, that's important to understand. So we were not, we have never been designed to operate in isolation, independence, individualism. We were designed to, to function in a corporate body, in a body. We are members of a body. You please understand that the, the meaning of those words, members of a body, not members of yourself. You are members of the body of Christ. You, sh you are, have become a shareholder, a partaker of the body of Christ. So the next point here is verses 25, that there should be no schism. So God has tempered, listen to this, God tempers the body together. Why? Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body. The word schism means division. The God tempers the body together, mixes, tries to join them to one another, brings groups of people together, family units in the body of Christ. He brings them together. Why? Because he doesn't want there to be division. Right? So, so we, why do we have then divisions? Why? The word schism means gap, split, division, rent. Um, why do we have divisions in the body? Because we have people operating in isolation. We have people who under the misconceived idea that because Christ is in them, that they don't need somebody else. We have this idea that, uh, or this, we are so focused upon our own gifting, our personal gifting, and our own strength that we can't recognize and, I, and I'm going to use this word, a healthy, we recognize in a healthy way, not in a negative way, a healthy way, your weaknesses. We can't recognize our weaknesses and therefore we can't, because we can't recognize our weaknesses and we just behold our strength and what we have in Christ, we, we come to this idea, I don't need anybody. And that is so far from the truth. But that's an error. That's an error. We need each other. And so the body, we will, we will get rid of divisions when we understand that we are codependent. We depend upon each other. We need each other. We don't have everything. The eye doesn't have it all. He, is, he can see. The apostle does not have it all. The prophet does not have it all. The, the one who's called like Joseph to be uh, a minister of state does not have it all. We, we need to see that. Um, <clears throat> don't, don't just look at the different giftings. Um, yeah, we just need each other. Uh, and it goes on to say, the, 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 we are tempered together so that there will be no divisions in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And so the reason why we don't care for one another is because we can't see that we belong to the same. When we operate in isolation, when we operate in my calling, my gifting, my purpose, when we operate in what God is doing with me um, and so on, when we have that, 
my mentality. I think the, 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 God, the false God that must be destroyed is the God of self. Right? While we must come forth in our gifting, but it must be for the purpose of the corporate. It's because we know that we belong to a body that needs my gifting, right? And I need to not um, operate in isolation. So when we see ourselves as a unit, the Bible is saying we will care for one another. Um, I, I, I came to the, this understanding um, that the Lord uh, brought to me where he said that if another church grows uh, numerically and their numbers increase, then you must say it is us that are increasing. Because if you see yourself as me and them, then you cannot rejoice with another church that is rejoicing in their growth. Because in your isolated, independent, individual, me, myself, I view, um, it now threatens you. It, 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 it makes competition. And we are not in competition. There needs to be an us. There needs to be a we. There needs to be a body understanding. And in that understanding, we rejoice with each other because your growth is my growth. Because we belong to the same. You know, in a... Uh, in, in, uh, I used to be a tennis player, and when you play doubles, that means you have two, four players on the tennis court, two on one side, two on the other side. And it is very frustrating to have a, to have a partner who, who feels that you can't do it. And he just tries to be everywhere at every time. He plays on your side, his side. Uh, he say, for everything he says, leave, it's mine, I got it. You know, and then what does, what does it happen? It creates gaps. And the other opponents take advantage of that. And they try and go for the guy who's perhaps weaker. And they see this guy coming over on the other side. Then it creates a gap. And then they win the point. Why? Because, um, because when that person operates as an individual and we don't operate as a team, we create gaps. We create lacks. Um, in, 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 a, in, a, in a soccer team, when the, the striker scores the goal, the whole team rejoices. Why? Because it was us who made it possible. It was not just the striker who made it possible, who scored the goal. The striker understands that it was not for his team who provided that, that he brought him into that position of being able to score the goal. He would have not scored the goal, though he scored the goal, and though everybody rejoices with him, everybody rejoices together because they know it was not him who's winning, it is us who are winning. And we need this corporate view, this corporate perspective. We need to take this individualistic, independent, isolated, me, myself, and I glasses off, and we need to see the body of Christ. We need to see how we belong to each other. Um, if we go on to verses 26, it says, Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Okay, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and members in particular. 
Now the word, verse 27 says, you are the body, you are the container, you are the body, you are the, the fullness of Christ's expression, the body, the container where Christ dwells fully, the fullness, right? In expression, the body of Christ and members in particular. Now this word, members in particular, that word particular in verses 27 it's a very interesting Greek word, and, and it says here, the, the, the definition for this Greek word particular, it means that there is a part assigned to you, right? So you are the body, that's all of you are the body, and, and you are the members in particular. So the, the members have been assigned a part, a portion of the body of Christ. So the word member is highlighting to you something. What is it highlighting? It's highlighting that you've only been allotted a section of the body of Christ to which you are allowed to express. Um, it also means a part in measure. In other words, the word member places a limitation upon you. Right? Well, we know the scripture says with God all things are possible, but when it comes to the, to the understanding of the body of Christ and you being a member of that body, the word member places limitations upon you. The word member places, places, allows you only to express a certain measure of Christ and not all of Him. And the, this word particular also means to get as a section or an allotment. So it also means to share in a part of the body. So you, don't have, you, you are sharing in a part of the body, not you are not the fullness of it, right? A portion, a portion. So Christ's full expression is in the body, not in the member. So the very fact if you say, I am a member of the body of Christ, you, you must come to the realization that you are limited in your expression. That, that God, that Christ has not allowed you to express Him in His fullness. He only allows the body, the full body, all the members together to express His fullness. To each one, He has allotted a section. To each one, He has only allowed a certain measure of which they are allowed to express of him. And that puts, and that makes you realize that while I have the fullness, but in the fullness in me, Christ being in me, Christ in me has only allowed me a measure to express a measure of him, which then makes me, brings me to the understanding that he will not allow me to function in everything. No man can say I'm apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. No man can say I have gifts of healings, workings of miracles, um, uh, words, of, words of prophecy, words of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of faith, healings, diverse kinds of tongues. Say, no, I've got, the, I've got it all. I can do it all. No, my, my brother. That's why the Bible says, that's why the Bible says, if one speaks in tongues, um, let the other interpret. Why? Because God has, has divided out the giftings. The Holy Spirit has divided the gifts to every man. That's what the Bible says. He has divided the gifts to 
every man. That means you don't have it all, while you could, if need be, in this particular situation where there's nobody and nothing, God could allow you, but God will not allow you to express all his fullness. Um, uh, that is just something that we must realize. So the word member places limitations upon you. That, that you must please understand. If you say you are a member of the body of Christ, you have limited. You are... You are boundaries have been placed upon you. It means that you that you it means that you need another member. The prophet needs the apostle. The apostle needs the prophet. The pastors need the apostles. The apostles need the pastors, because we are all graced differently. And it's just I'm just using that as an example. Um, so it is important it is so so important that we understand that we don't have it all we can't express it all and and that 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 it takes humility to, to see that i mean it took humility for me to realize that my wife um, could do things that i couldn't do and to acknowledge that and to accept that and then to allow her in her capacity, potential, and ability to, to be able to speak into my life because she's able to do it better than what I am, than what I can do it. It takes humility. But oneness doesn't require us to have everything. Oneness requires us to understand that when you operate in the diverse and in the many members, there is a completion in us, right? I understand. So let, let's go to the next verse, verses 28. It says, And God has set some in the church. Now, before you go into verse 28, you have to go to verse 27 that we read just now. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular, right? So verse 28 then says, And God has set some in the church. So now he's telling you that there are members and now in the next couple of verses he's going to a little bit, be a little bit more practical and explain how there are different members to the body. So God has said in the church, different members, there are first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that gifts of healings, workings of miracles, helps, governments, um, diversities of tongues and so on. Look at the, the different members, different functions, different graces, um, offices, and so on. They look at the diversity, right? And how we need each other. Verse 29, are all apostles. That means, though you have Christ in you, but if you are not an apostle, you lack, you lack a certain dimension, a certain grace of Christ, that, only you, that you can only receive by being connected to an apostle. Or if you don't have that of a prophet, unless you are connected, you will not have that. You will have that lack. And what we need to do is put the things together. Verses 30, have all the gifts of healing. Do, verses 30, does all, do all have the gifts of healing? I know Christ is in you. We know that Christ lives in us. If Christ is in me, Christ is in me. It's not a, a half Christ 
As I said earlier, a small Christ. Christ is in you, it's Christ. He's there. The ways in me is the ways in you. But do all have the gifts of healing? No. The answer is obvious. Do all speak with tongues? No. Uh, that's in diverse tongues. Do all interpret? Do we all have the ability to interpret? No, we do not. And this is so, so important to understand. I, um, I, I can see how in the body of Christ, after coming to the understanding of this chapter, how we try to be the, the, the jack of all trades and masters of none. Um, we don't need jack of all trades. Uh, the, the person who's tried to be a jack of all trades is the person that doesn't understand himself and is the person that is trying to be the main guy on the scene, taking all the glory. No, we need to be humble enough to realize let's not be jack of all trades. Let's be the master of who God has made us to be. How God has gifted us. Grow in your calling. If you are called to work, if God has called you to work with the prostitutes, grow in it. Right? But be connected to the body. Joined to a unit. Right? Um, if God has called you to be, to work in, in government, to be a minister of the state, then go for it. Right? But be connected and serve also the corporate purpose of it. Don't be isolated. Don't be independent. Don't be individual. Don't, don't go there into government and try and be the main guy, right? Or the main woman or whatever. Don't, if, if God hasn't called you to do that, then don't try to be that. But we need to understand how that we don't have it all. I know Christ is in you. I know Christ is in you, but I want to tell you, God is not going to give you everything directly. Some of the things that you need is going to come via a member of the body of Christ. Why? So that we can be humble. So that we can be, so that we can need each other. So that we can care for each other. This is one of the reasons why the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that when one is rich and is overflowing, he should give to the one who, who gets but has a lack. Why? So that there can be an equality. Um, God has this. We have those who are rich. We have those who are poor. Then we have those who were poor become rich. And then we have others who are poor again. And so we meet each other's needs. We are co-dependent upon each other. And all your giftings are meant to serve the body of Christ. Serve the body. It's not meant to serve you. It's meant to serve the body. It is meant for the edification of the body. For the upbuilding of the body. We, that's that's what you have to do with your gifts, right? And not try and elevate yourself. Let's go to the let's go to chapter fourteen of uh, of First Corinthians. I'm going to explain something here. Verses seven, First Corinthians chapter. 
14 and verses 7. So what, what, we, what we need to see is we need to understand that in oneness there is not sameness. We need to understand that there are differences and we need to accept those differences um, if those differences are in alignment with Christ and with what God has for that person. We can't accept differences if that is not what Christ has for you. If you are determining your own destiny, you are the architect of your own future and God has not ordained that which you are doing, we can't accept those differences. Uh, I'm sorry. But if it is in alignment with Christ and it's what Christ wants for you and it's different to us and you flow but differently, like I said last week, uh, you don't have to preach the way I preach. You know, maybe you want to be loud and... You know, and you want to move around a bit and you don't like standing in one place or something like that. Uh, th that's up to you. Uh, maybe you want to draw pictures or tell stories. That's up to you. That's, uh, if, that's the way, if that's the way you feel that God wants to work through you, then, then preach like that. But as long as it's word-based, it's fine. Just be yourself, right? Uh, we have to understand that there's diversities, but at the same time, we have to understand that, that there is a body and there is a unit. Now, gifting does not give you ranking in the body of Christ. Um, your, your authority grows in the body of Christ as you serve. And what that does is that all of us are now under the same, same uh, principle. We're all bound by the same. But while we have different giftings, all of us have to serve. Jesus spoke to his 12 apostles who, who, were, who had to work in different, though they were 12 apostles, they worked in different uh, places and were graced slightly a bit different. And, and so what that, what that means is that they all, while they were all apostles and some had were strong in healing and others were strong in prophetic and so on, they were all being apostles, but slightly different. Uh, they all were servants. Jesus said to them all, you are servants. And, and they all had to pass through the, through the phase of their growth in servanthood, learn how to serve. And then afterwards he said, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you friends. So all of us have to serve. There is no difference. There we are the same. Everybody must serve in the body of Christ. Um, when, you, when you understand that, um, all of us must go through a process. All of us must go through a process. Nobody skips the wilderness. Um, I want to tell you that nobody just uh, all of a sudden, now saved and all of a sudden he's where he's supposed to be. Everybody has to go through the process of preparation where God prepares you where God frustrates you when you don't do His will and you're doing your own will, you are frustrated, right? Until you come in alignment with His will. All of us have to go through the process. All of us come out of Egypt. All of us pass through the wilderness into the promised land. All of us have to do that. All of us have to submit to somebody. Um, all of us need governance. There's no difference. But we are all different in giftings, callings, and purpose. But there's no difference when we all must submit. 
And, and this, is where, this is where sometimes we can look at our giftings and somehow feel that we don't need to submit. We don't need to serve anywhere. We don't need to go through the process. We just need to be acknowledged and seen for our giftings and our graces. God doesn't work like that. You get your gift the day you give your life to Christ. But you get into your destiny by having gone through the process and having submitted to others who are before you. And even Jesus showed us that he submitted to John the Baptist. He submitted to Joseph. Right? He submitted to the authority of John the Baptist. He submitted to the authority of Joseph, his parents. He had somebody to submit to. Everybody has to have that. And that is where there's no difference between us. And then sometimes, sometimes we can think there is a difference. And we just need to understand um, those things. But what I want to say here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 7, uh, it says here, And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? And basically this whole uh, this scripture is talking about different instruments, uh, uh, for, for music, so basically we, to give an example, we have the keyboard, we have the guitar, we have a flute, um, we have drums, we have these different um, instruments for making music. Now, it says, and even these instruments that can give off a sound, it says here, except they give, they give a distinction in their sound. Um, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? And so what this, is, what this means to us is that each person that has an instrument, so if, a, if the person is a guitarist and, and he doesn't understand his guitar, he has a guitar, he doesn't understand it, doesn't know how to play it, and when they do play it makes a terrible sound. We don't understand the sound. And if we don't understand the sound, what did Jesus say? If we don't understand what you are piping, if you don't understand what you are playing, how can we dance to your music? We can't because we don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to us. And, and so what we need in the body of Christ, we need each member who has his instrument, his gifting, his grace, him, they must understand their grace. They must understand their gifting. They must understand their calling. They must understand who they are, what they are meant to do. And they must know how to function within their grace. And when they know how to function within their grace um, and how they have been gifted and they know how to play it and they make a beautiful music, what happens is that the people who understand you, they will, they will more gladly receive you. So what happens in, in, in churches or in the body of Christ is that people have giftings and graces, but they don't understand themselves. They are confused with who they are. And because they are confused and they don't understand themselves, they don't understand how God is working with them, they don't understand what God wants to do, and when they try to do anything, it is it, the people who listen to them say like, well, what's that now? I don't understand that. Um, what are you trying to say? 
Um, uh, you know, it's a little bit confusing. Uh, it doesn't make sense what you're saying. What happens then is that, is that when people don't understand you, when you try to function because you don't understand yourself and the sound you are making is just a sound that they don't understand. What happens is that you feel either rejected or they were, re in, a, in a sense, perhaps not in an in a evil way, they were reject because they don't understand what you are doing, what you are saying. And the problem lies is because you do not know how to skillfully play your instrument. And when you don't know how to play your instrument, when you don't know how to function your gift and your calling, what happens is you, you struggle to play in a band. You struggle, the guitarist struggles to play with the, the person who's in the keyboard. And um, I'm just going to take a, a few uh, extra five minutes just to, just to explain this before we end off. I, when, when the guitarist doesn't know how to play his instrument and he comes to the band and there's the, the person who plays the keyboard and the drummer and, and we have the, uh, the person who's singing and they all try to play together. And when they play together and the person starts playing the guitar and the sound is off, immediately it, it, it's, it, you struggle to function within the corporate. And so many times why we struggle to function in the body of Christ is because we don't understand ourselves. You need to understand who you are. You need to understand how you've been gifted, uh, what your gifting is, what God has called you to do so that you can function better in the body of Christ. And so many times your frustrations that you have, your, your, your feelings of rejection or of not being accepted is not necessarily the fault of others. It is your own fault. It's because you have not made the effort to understand yourself. And so the Bible says that if a trumpet blows a sound and nobody and it gives off an uncertain sound, who will prepare themselves to the battle? If you're saying things and nobody understands what you are saying, who's going to move? Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna listen? Who's going to respond to what you are saying? Nobody's going to respond. And, and that is the same. And this is what he's saying. He's saying if you are an apostle, Understand your grace as an apostle. Understand um, who it is that God wants you to reach as an apostle. Understand, are you going to nations or are you not going to nations, right? If you are called to work with, with orphans, understand what God has given to you. Understand how God wants to use you as orphans. Does God want you to bring healing to the orphans? Or does God just want to send you to educate the orphans? Understand that those things. And when you can understand that and then better work with that, it, it just makes so much, uh, so much peace. Uh, it brings so much peace. It just it brings so much clarity. There's unnecessary frustrations in the body of Christ because we don't understand ourselves and we, and we, we struggle we, we're struggling to express ourselves properly in the grace that has been given to us. And uh, we can eliminate so many things. So as I end off, as I end off here, my encouragement to you today is don't reject oneness. 
Oneness is, is a beautiful place. It's a place where, where we all share in the corporate blessing. Uh, in oneness, what God does for that one group, they all share in it. But in our individualism, um, what happens to another person will not necessarily happen to us. Why? Because we are operating not as a unit, but as an individual. I encourage you not to, have, not to be afraid of being one, but to understand yourself, but to find out who you are, and at the same time to realize that you don't have it all, and you are not allowed to have it all. You are not allowed to express it all. And to realize that you need somebody else. There's a member that can give you what you don't, what you don't have. Please um, realize that. Find out your strength. But discover your weakness. So that you can mix. So that you can allow God to temper you into the body. Mix you, join you, combine you into the body of Christ so that you could have no lack, so that you can have what you need. We sometimes are failing to grow um, properly, sometimes are, are just not getting where we should be because what we need is with another member. And what we need, and because we, 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 we don't want to acknowledge that the, another person has it and we try to be the jack of all trades, you are just frustrating yourself. Acknowledge your weakness, but acknowledge also your strength. Um, I pray that God will heal you this morning, um, whoever you are. I pray that God will deliver you from your frustrations, um, deliver you from your misconceptions, your, these things that, or these assumptions that bring pain to us. I pray that you will discover yourself. That is my prayer for you. I pray that, that you would come, come to see the power of being one and not run away from it. You have been, God wants to temper you into his body. Put us all together to function as a unit and right there where you are, let's just bow our heads as we pray. Um, Father, right now, as I bring every person that is watching right now, I bring them before you. I pray that you will deliver them from frustration. I pray that you will heal them from rejection. I pray that you will help them to know who they are. Um, to discover themselves. I pray that you will remove all darkness and bring light in these areas. I pray that we will learn how to better function within the body of Christ. I pray that we will, I pray that you will allow us to discover our own weaknesses, not in a negative way, but in a healthy way. And that we would realize that there is another member of the body of Christ out there who has what I lack and that I need to be joined to them because every joint makes a supply of the measure of the gift of Christ.
to us. So Lord, I pray again, bless each person. Um, I pray just for your spirit and your presence. May we understand that we must all serve. May we, must, may we understand that we must all be submitted. May we understand that we are all sons. May we understand that we must all go through the process. Our giftings were given in the beginning, but the formation of our character takes time. I pray um, that each person will be blessed by this message and set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's all from me. Um, I pray that this word would have encouraged you and also brought some clarity to some of your frustrations. Um, but for now, God bless you and see you next week again. Same time, same place. Thank you.